Hi, I'm Shay. And I'm David. And you're listening to Board on the Air, where we talk about board games and board game related topics on CFCR. Tonight, we'll be talking about our usual, the news, what we've been playing. And for our main topic tonight, we'll be discussing Rollin' Rights. Yes, the genre that seems to be exploding yes. exponentially every week. I the- saw actually a graph that says of the like 89 that are listed on BGG, 47 of them came out in the last year and a half. Yes, it's a uh, quickly growing group of games seems to be the most popular yeah and i've made a lot of fun of rolling right you have you've had an epiphany i i have had an epiphany that they actually can be fun see i always was into the idea of a rolling ride i just really hadn't played too many of them okay but we will get back to that yes uh so a lot of what we played are rolling rights in the last week so we are going to amalgamate what what we've we've been been playing. playing With our main topic a little bit. Uh, So we will start with the news. All right. Hit us with that news, Dave. Okay. There's actually quite a bit just because Spiel ended and now they're starting to release all the news in North America of what they've talked about. Yes. Uh, Start with... uh, Last week we talked about the games of Spiel. There is a good video I watched last night by Man vs. Meeple where they talked about the 50 games of Spiel that they brought back. Uh, the thing I liked about it is they weren't just showing box covers. They were opening them up. They were discussing the games. Uh, so if you were curious about some of the games or want to see some of them, check that video out. It was really good. Uh, neat game. I just saw a uh, designer's diary on uh, Board Game Geek. It's called Merlin's Beast Hunt. And you are using... Everybody has their own color dice and own and, and the cards. And you're trying to set up the board with pens and grasslands and stuff. And the bases or the the board has spots for the dice to go in. And you put four dice down and then a card slides between them and holds them up. Oh. It looks really cool. I like the 3D aspect to games. Like that's something that I think game designers should do more of with in terms of the board. So I kind of like the concept of this one. Yeah, it's... Like that 3D design has started to become a little bit more prevalent with games using the boxes as 3D yes. terrain. Uh, there's one, it's like a escape room, but you're looking from the side of the box inside to see oh. different clues or a detective game. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Uh, speaking of detective, uh, detective, uh, modern crime board game was last year. Yep. Uh, the big knock on it was it was too long. Everybody went to Chronicles of Crime because it was more streamlined, easier to get a game done. Mm -hmm. So they are releasing Detective, a modern crime story season one. And the big change they've made are the cases are going to be 90 minutes to two hours instead of three to four hours. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize they were that long. Yeah. They were supposed to be pretty brutal to play. Like I, I like the idea of a detective game, but yeah, I, I don't play much over two hours. So that would throw me off immediately. And for such a niche style game. Well, right? yeah. Like, and especially when you play Chronicles, like Chronicles of Crime in like 45 minutes oh, to an hour. Yeah. Right. And it was a solid, solid detective game. Uh, Wingspan. It sold 120,000 units so far. <laughs> Which is huge. It's really big. Uh, a couple of things with it. They've just released a starter pack promo. And basically it gives hands that you're going to hand out to the different players. Just for those 
beginning games. And then you can fold those into the regular cards and play normally after everybody's learned it. Uh, one of, not that Wingspan's complicated, but one of the things I would say is that first time you play with somebody, you're like, okay, take, here's five food, here's five cards, pick five of them that you want. Yeah. And people don't know where to go. No, it's hard to pack. Yeah. They've also re released some neoprene mats Ooh. to replace the boards. Uh, the only thing I saw is that the ones that the initial printing was 5% smaller than the boards. <laughs> so they didn't hold the cards real well. Cards. Uh, but they sold those on sale and more ones are coming is what I saw. Excellent. Uh, interesting points that I saw from one. Some of you track sales of board games. They're expecting a 10% growth from now till 2024. Uh, so all the doomsayer sayers about the board the game bubble. Yeah. Uh, these guys say it's not going to happen. A and a lot of that growth is coming from a geographical growth. Uh, so, you know, Europe, specifically Germany, UK, and North America has always been strong. But, yep. you know, South America, specifically Brazil... India and the Middle East are really seeing a big uptick of gaming. Interesting. Yeah. I'd be, it, that'd be a, a cool thing to kind of research to figure out maybe why. Is it just because games are now being printed in the right language that they can actually get them down there? Is it because people are now seeing them as markets? Well, like, and I think Kickstarter. A Kickstarter as well, yeah. You know, Kickstarter ships worldwide for the most part. Yeah. And but if, games still have to be made in the right language, yeah. right? Like, or you have to find a rule book in the right language. So Th there is that, and I, I, I think, you know, gone are the days where publishers aren't trying to attract new business, right? Yeah. You know, they're no longer are they just putting out an English and a French copy, or an mm -hmm. English, French, and Spanish copy, and a German copy, right? Yeah. Like they're they're doing all the different languages now, and you know they're. They're no longer doing it by themselves. I know with uh, Paladins of the West Kingdom, they outsource the, the other language copies. Oh, cool. You know, they say, here's the game, here's the rule book, and the other person translates it, gets it printed, and then they uh, just get a piece of it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, one of the games from Essen, Marco Polo 2, mm -hmm. uh, has been picked up for North America. Shocking. Uh, Z-Man Games is going to print it, and it's going to be out in 2020 still interested about a sequel to a game that's interesting the reviews i've read like it better than the first marco polo hmm. and i really like the first marco polo so i'm excited yeah uh world of warcraft <laughs> yes they are going to bring out a board game and it's going to be based on small world okay interesting choice well it's basically world of warcraft already Okay. You know, you're it's risk without dice and you have all the different races and characters and stuff and they just get a special power. Yep. So could hmm. be good, could be bad, who knows. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's it's ripe for being made into a board game really of all video games out there. And I should say that's not really a video game, it's a what an MMORG or whatever or It's a multiplayer yeah. Yeah. whatever. I've never yeah. gotten into it. I just yeah. don't have that time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, King of Tokyo is getting a limited edition, dark edition. Yes. It looks really cool. Yeah. You, you showed me the one picture and I think it looks sweet. Yeah. Uh, they've only released a couple of the monsters so far. Every month they're going to release a couple more pictures and stuff and a couple more monsters until it's officially released. Yeah. And see, I don't like, 
The thing is, is it looks really cool and I'd like to have it just to look at it, but we already have the original and we don't play it that often. No, it's it's one of those games that is a good beginner game. Yeah. But you are relying on the luck of dice. Yes. You know what? I, I think, though, that you can kind of get away with it in that game, but it's definitely like more of a lucky dice rolling game than most we play. So yep. we, don't, we don't pull it out that often, but it is a good one for like gifts and stuff like that. Yeah. Or, you know, if you have a high player count, because it is fairly quick. Yes, absolutely. Right? Uh, Spiel announced their attendance. And for those, we've been calling it Essen. Spiel is actually the conference. Essen is where it is. Yes. Uh, 209,000 people went oh to Spiel. <laughs> and that's a record, of course. But it's that's just a lot of people. They that's talk, a lot of people for board games, right? Yeah. Like, I, They talk about how busy Spiel is. And in one building over five days, yeah. 209,000 people. I want to know how many people go days. to like the Comic-Cons, like the big Comic-Cons. I would suspect more. I would but suspect more, but they're like... They're longer. Yeah. I wonder how they would kind of stack up in terms, right? Yeah. Uh, Queen Games is putting out an anniversary collection game, or the, mm. they're calling it the Queen's Collection. And basically, it's a 16 or 17 card set, and each of the characters is from one of their board games. Mm. And I don't know how it plays or anything, but you're going to be playing these cards, so... It's it's cool. Could be neat. Could be just a gimmick. Yeah. We'll see as really, people start playing it. Really, really hard to say. Yeah. Okay. You're listening to Board on the Air on CFCR. I'm David. And I'm Shay. And we are going to go into what we've been playing. And as we do that, we will blend eventually into our main topic. Yes. So I will kick off the what you've been playing. Uh, I played... Three brand new games that I had never played before. One that I'm going to save for when my Kickstarter co copy finally arrives this week, which is <laughs> Paladins of the West Kingdom. And I will talk about Ecos and Pandoria. So Ecos is board game bingo. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you get cards in front of you. And there's a combined board in front of you of tiles a la Catan tiles mm -hmm. with three different types of regions, a grassland, a desert, or a water. Mm -hmm. And you're pulling tiles out of a bag, and those symbols are matching the cards in front of you. If you fill up all the spaces on a card, it's going to give you an ability. You're going to either put animals out, you're going to put trees out, mountains out, more tiles out, and some are going to give you scoring points. Some are just going to give you more bingo markers to no mark or more symbols to no knock off right mm -hmm. and it's really designed to combo like it's you know you fill up one card it gives you a couple symbols which fills up another one fills up another one and you're putting i believe it's 10 or 11 different animals onto that board and mountains give you a second spot for a tree and most of the scoring is, you know, if you're adjacent to this, you get X amount of points. Yeah. So it sounds similar almost to Carcassonne and um, what's the, the not pretty looking one, but the one with the map in the middle. It's the, oh Castles? gosh, is it Castles of Burgundy? Yeah. yeah. That's the one. It sounds like a mix between those two. 
Not really. No? Not in my, like, just not in my opinion. It's, it's, I would say more of an engine builder, more gizmos-ish. Okay. Uh, but not, it, it is very random and I know I bash randomness. Yeah. But it was it was fun. Like I, I, we enjoyed it. We had a good time. Me and your mom played a two-player game, and it's rare to get a, a two-player game that's got a little bit of weight to it. Yeah. Like not heavyweight by any means, but just a little bit more to it than you're going back and forth on something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the production value is outstanding. Uh, the the animals themselves are just little round chits, but the trees and the mountains are nice wooden pieces. Nice. Uh, the the squares that you're putting out are decent. Uh, the only issue we had was with the cards. Every time you fill a card, you turn it. And so some cards you can use multiple times, up to four. Some you can only use once or twice. But we played on a just a regular dining table. Yep. And they spin. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. you know, if you exhale too hard, <laughs> you've spun your card two or three times around. And so it really needed a mat under it or something along those lines okay like it would have been nice if the different cards were cardboard or something but it would make the board game really big yeah absolutely uh yeah so ecos uh really friendly four-player game easy to teach uh a little bit of confusion on how the cards work but we picked it up fairly quickly cool uh the other one is pandoria which is a tile laying game sort of I would say Carcassonne, only with some uh, take that-ish. Okay. Uh, more player interaction than Carcassonne, other than, you know, Carcassonne, you're battling for cities and that type of stuff. Kind of. This yeah. one, you can <laughs> enclose other people's workers and t- uh, that forces them off the board. Oh. And so there's four different types of areas. Uh, there's a gold area, a diamond area, a money area, and a wood area. And so you, if you encircle one of those regions and you have one of your workers on the outside of the regions on, on the circle around yeah. it, you're going to get however many symbols of that one times how many workers you have around it. And, and everybody's going to score that. And you also can put down cards, buildings, or spells. Buildings are something that are ongoing. Spells are something that are a one-time use. I like spells. I like anything that says spells in it. Yeah. And then you also have monuments, which take up a building spot because you're limited to five building spots, but they give you instant points. Cool. And all of them have an, like any of the buildings and monuments have a uh, cost in wood, but say you build a building and put a monument on top of it, you only pay the difference between the two. Okay. So if it's a six wood building and the monument costs eight, it only costs you two extra wood. So some neat little mechanics. Yeah. Uh, Fairly quick game. Once we figured out how to play, it was probably under an hour. And, you know, decent production value. The workers were nice. The boards were... Good. They had uh, asymmetric powers for like a, that. a B side and an yep. A side. Of course, there's the basic where everybody's the same, and the B side has everybody has a special power. Everybody starts with different resources. Like the dwarves start with a bunch of gold. Makes <laughs> yeah. sense. It, it it was a neat little game. I really pre- I really enjoyed that game. Yeah. 
And it's been one we've been trying to get to the table for a while. And finally, we're like, we should just play this. <laughs> As with most of our games, to be honest. Yeah, it's my um, goal is by Christmas is to get through all the games we haven't yeah. played. I doubt we will do it, but we'll be close. Hey, midterm break next week. We got to power go. through some games. We can hit them all. <laughs> all in one week. Okay, so into our main topic, which is rolling rights. Yes, which also includes the game I got to try this week, yeah. um, which is Corinth, if I'm saying that correctly. Yeah. Um, so this was kind of a, this was my first roll and write that I really think I've played, uh, or at least the main version of the game. Yep. It was kind of a neat game. Obviously I was learning it for the first time, but even with that, it still only took us about half an hour to play because it has a set amount of rounds, right? Yep. For your players. It is a, a few more rounds, depending on if you have less players, less rounds, if you have, it plays up to four, right? Yep. Um, this one was really cool. You kind of have a couple options of things to do from from what you saw there. So you, it's a dice roller. Yep. You roll the dice. You have a little board full of resources. And depending on the number of the dice, they get placed on this board. And then you go around the, the table and you pick which one of those resources you want based on, again, the dice. So the yep. amount of dice is the amount of resources you get. Yeah. You're rolling about nine or ten dice. Yeah. Uh, the lowest number goes in the bottom resource. And the highest number goes in the top. And then all the other numbers in numerical order go up from the bottom. Yeah, and there are six resources. So that does mean that if you want to try and get that kind of fifth resource, you need to roll all the numbers, Yeah, which makes it very hard to get. And these resources are used to get points. So you have a chart on your board. You mark off the resources as you get them. And as you fill up certain sections, you gain victory points based on what those sections give you. Yep. And then with each of these charts of resources, if you fill up all of the sections in them and you're the first person to do that, you get bonus points. Yeah. So that's the easy way to get victory points. There's also a little map that you can walk around on, um, depending like if you decide not to take resources and have movement or if there's no resources for you to pick, you get, again, some more movement. You can move around on this little map, gain resources, depending on which spot you stop on, gain coins depending on which stop you sp or which spot you stop on. Um, and if you exit the map, that's when you get victory points. Yes. Um, along with this, the other resources you can get are, uh, I think it's donkeys, right? Gold and sheep. Goats. 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 That's it. <laughs> goats and gold. And those are used to buy buildings, which give you either extra victory points or more coins or more resources when you get other things from the dice. Yeah, they're they're a bonus. Like yeah. the one building gives you an extra two coins every time you take gold. Exactly. One, one gives you another resource every time you get a, a resource. resource. Uh, and one gives you victory points based on how many other buildings you have. Yeah, and then the fourth building... It's something... Oh, it's movement. You oh, get two it, extra movement. Yeah, can, yeah. you can... Move it two up or two down because it does depend on where you're stopping as to what you get on that chart. Yes. None of us really used the movement that no, much. No, Jordan did because he's played the game before and he used it and it got him more points because he actually got out. Um, I did not do well in this game, but I did enjoy it. I just, I think I had, I struggled on which resources to get and where to go for. Um, but it was really, really interesting and really uh, easy to play. Yep. So I enjoyed it. And it does look like, so the thing about roll and writes uh, that I sometimes don't like is having a huge piece of paper that you use four sheets of every single time, right? That's kind of a waste of paper. I know you can recycle it, but it's a little bit of a waste. 
These ones, it looks like who did we buy it used? It yes. just showed up in our uh, in our yeah. uh, board game box. No, I got it from Norm. So we got it used, and whoever had it first, Norm, laminated the sh- four of the sheets, so you could then use a dry erase marker, which was really nice because that means you can reuse it, right? Yep. If you wanted to play with more people, or if you had like you know didn't have it, we do still have the sheets. Uh, but I really like the idea of just laminating the paper so that you don't have to use that sheet every single time, right? Yeah. And, you know, the original roll and write is Yahtzee. Absolutely. Yeah. And we've <laughs> all, we've all played Yahtzee. Exactly. And so these are just different takes and everything that really, it's not always rolling dice. Some of them are flipping cards yep. now, but you're always writing on a piece of paper or, some of the newer ones are coming with dry erase boards. Yeah. Well, there's the train one, right? We had talked about this one a couple months ago, I think. Yeah, Railroad Inc. Railroad Inc. Yeah, one I, I'm interested in trying. It looks really fun. Uh, and it is dry erase setup, which is nice. Yep. Um, uh, there's On Tour is another dry erase yeah. one. Uh, and, you know, I, I think the biggest thing that made me attack rolling rights or be negative towards them is that the amount of them that were coming out. You know, last year, one of the Spiel winners was That's So Clever or uh, Gangshan Clever. Yep. And as soon as that got popular, everybody was putting out a roll and write. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if there was a popular board game, there was a roll and write version of that board game. Yes. Like uh, uh, King Domino has a roll and write version. Mm-hmm. Lanterns has a roll and write version. It's like Marvel movies. All of a sudden, they started releasing so many that you kind of got like, overloaded and yeah. sick of them <laughs> but you know people have brought them out and i've tried them and i really like some of them yeah like well i i do love the concept because it's kind of it's almost like personalizing yeah you know it's set up for something right but it feels very personal to write down on the board what you're doing it, i think it's the similar thing why we like legacies and changing the board because it yep. feels like you know you're really impacting the game more so than just laying a card down um, which is kind of neat, right? Yeah, and, and I think the games fall into a couple of different categories. Like there's Corinth, which yep. Shay just talked about. This is a four-player version. You're drafting dice, so everybody's going to do something different on each turn. Uh, the other one I played on Sunday after uh, Shay had gone back to studying. Lame. Hey, you know what? Got to pass our midterms, man. <laughs> University students. Yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> was called Welcome To. And this one is probably the top rated one right now. Or one of the top yeah. rated ones on Board Game Geek. And so you get a a neighborhood. It has three streets on it. Each each street has more or a different number of houses on it. And some of them have pools. Some of them don't. Uh, there's parks on each street. And you're flipping cards. Each round, you flip three cards. And whoever's playing, it says it plays 1 to 100. And it's because it comes with 100 different or hundred sheets of paper. Yes. Takes a look at the three sets. And there's going to be a house number and a special power. And there's six special powers. Uh, some give you parks. Some gi- give you pools. Some give you the ability to change your number. Some allow you to put the same number in two houses. And one bumps up the real estate value. Uh, and I, there's another power that really, I forget what it did. It was, oh no, it was a negative or something. Right, okay. Okay, but the object is to put numbers in all the houses on the streets from 
smallest to biggest. And other than the one card, this, the numbers can't be the same. And so the pools are scattered throughout these. So if you get a nine with a pool, you're not guaranteed to have a spot to put that pool yep. anywhere, right? And the more pools you use, the more, more points you get for that pool. And there's three blueprints, which are to the side, like planning. I think they call them, blue, not blueprints, but planning. Uh, yeah, planning or designs planning or whatever. Planning something yeah. where, you know, oh, I guess the other one is a fence. You can put a fence Right, down. the fences. So you're using the fence to break up your streets into estates. And the plans say if you have a three estate, a four estate, and a three estate, you get this many points. And the first person that does it get that many points. And the second person gets a less amount. Third person gets nothing, right? So those bonus points can be key in this game. And the other way you get points is use more pools, uh, use more parks, because each one has a different set number of parks and gives you anywhere from zero points for not using any parks to, uh, I think, 14 or 16. Oh, wow. If you use them all, right? And then the real estate agent bumps up the price of each estate. So you can, your estates have to be either one through six or they don't count extra points. And you're checking off boxes below those different numbers to make, say, your, your one play or one estate worth two or three or four points. Yeah. Or, and then if you're using five estates, you can get it bumped up to almost 10 or 12 points in an estate. Right. So yeah. it's. This is a like it, it's this is a game I actually was going to play it and then we realized the rule book was awful and so you guys figured out how to play it while I went back to studying yep. I didn't get a chance to but it looks really cool like uh, it's basically everybody just picture it's a the the fifties suburbs American yep. dream town right like it, so it's very very cute on the paper then there's a lot of stuff going on it's a very um, high level game considering it's all played with a bunch of cards and a sheet of paper in front of you, right? Yeah. Uh, so it it does look really cool. And I'm again, the rule book wasn't that good. The rule book the, was horrendous. The dirty. rule book is awful. You read something out and I was just like, uh-huh. If if you want to say that in English, yeah. that would be awesome. Yeah. Like a lot, of, we read a lot of rule books. So it's very rare for me to read something out of a rule book and everybody look at each other and say, I don't know what that meant. And yeah. I really didn't. And there wasn't very good uh, learn-to-play videos either, but I found one that was terrible, but it gave us enough information to be able to play the game. Yeah. So please, everybody, please to, you know, email your favorite YouTubers and yeah. tell them to play this game so we actually can uh, look up good videos. Yeah, tell Rodney Smith to do a video on this. Please. <laughs> so uh, I think, like, with Roland Wrights, I love the concept of them. The only downsides I find I can think of would be that they can be either too simple and possibly the waste of paper. Yeah, like, you know, environmentally, they definitely aren't good. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, but, you know, if you have that laminator or access to that laminator, yeah. that solves that piece of it. Well, and you can get you can get stuff laminated and you can buy lamination sheets. So it's yep. not even that hard to do it yourself. No, and, you know, it's... Like the first roll and write that other than Yahtzee that I was introduced to was uh, Gangshan Clever. Right. And this one is a super popular and you're rolling five colored dice. And you're using that in one of five spaces to check off a box. Mm -hmm. The more boxes you check off, the more points you get. So and it's just fancy Yahtzee. It's super fancy Yahtzee. Yeah. 
<laughs> it was so popular they came out with a second one, which is called Twice as Clever. You know, they're, they're original in this game or in these board game names. Names. And they just, they work. And the other thing that made them so popular is they've been transported onto the iPad. Right, yeah. You know, I've played probably a hundred games of That's So Clever and Twice as Clever on the iPad because it doesn't use any paper up. Yeah. And you can play a single pl single player game in about eight minutes. Yep. Yeah, so this was a genre that I really wasn't that interested mm -hmm. in, but it has surprised me to the point where I actually have put games on hold of this style. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking forward to playing more because like I said, I this has always interested me, but we haven't really had any to play. Yeah. So if you like that shorter game, there are some more complex ones that take longer, but for the most part, they're 20 to yeah, they're 30 really minutes. Quick. This is a good genre to try. And they're easy to transport. Yeah. Okay. You've been listening to Board on the Air on CFCR. I'm David. And I'm Shay. We will talk to you next week. Have a good night.